Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me, I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, look, yeah, I'm all right. Um, <laughs> as well as can be expected? Yeah, look, um, I think on a on a footballing level, I think after the last episode, we I, I sort of said, like, I think I tipped, I think, a, a, a one-all or a nil-all or something. I think I tipped a draw. Um, it's weird. It was a game where I was um I, I was both satisfied and disappointed at the same time if that makes sense um yeah. i really thought like, the way it sort of panned out to, to come back and claw back a goal was was, was good and to, and to reclaim it to claim a point was, was good but i think we never should have allowed ourselves to go behind um off what was such a simple, straightforward counter? Like, yeah, they they just got in the backs and they just hoofed it long and had their forward, whoever his whatever his name is, I forget. Uh, oh yeah, name's gone out of my head now. Uh, um, Ross something. I'm gonna look that up. But just ran and then I mean, look, he it was a nice finish. He he sold um, Ingram with a chip to make him jump and then just played it like underneath him, but. Yeah, Ross look, Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it was a tidy finish, but like it was such a shit goal to concede when we'd pressurized and pressured and pressured. Um, but yeah, look, I think to 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 push and to get an equaliser was good. But I really, I think at the in the in the context of everything, it was probably a game we should have taken the three points from. I uh, I'm going to claim. So my prediction last week was a two-one win with uh, Oscar getting the uh, the winning goal, and I will claim that. <laughs> If he had actually put that penalty away, um, we would have hopefully won the two on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really hard one in that sense to, to get a read on, On as you say, sort of like happy to get a point against the side that's been in reasonable form, but really unhappy to not have taken the three points in the context of the game with their red card. Um, as you say, I mean, I think after the red card, really, we dominated the chances other than that counter that they put away. Um it's it's gonna be interesting. Look, obviously, it was Oscar's first game back um, playing in almost you know sort of six weeks sort of thing. So there's a case to be made that maybe he's a little bit rusty. Um, but you you got to sort of think it's I think four or three draws in our last five mm-hmm. games. Um, we've got to start turning those those points into wins. But on the flip side, you think you know under Shotter, these are the sorts of games that we'd be losing sort of two nil, three one sort of thing where. Um, at least Rosinha's put in that sort of defensive solidarity where we're actually kind of holding up in these games. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <clears throat> you know, this season has obviously not panned out the way many of us wanted, um, and it, it it still really is a work in progress. But I think, you know, as you say, these, these are games where three months ago we were losing, where we're, mm. you know, clawing back to save, to save a point, um, which is important because, you know, Come the end of the season, if there's two or three points between, you know, the the bottom three and you know, safety, you know, these one one point here, one point there, are the ones that are gonna, you know, hopefully, keep us safe, keep us away from from relegation. But, um, and I and I think we've got realistically, I think we're now halfway through the season, so, um, you know, there's still actually plenty of football to play and plenty of like work to be done 
um, from with between Rosina and the lads. Um, potentially some outgoings, maybe some income, maybe one or two um, incomings in January, um, if we can offload enough. Because I think we've got quite a few players to that we'd need to um, dump or or find they have find their way to new clubs before we could bring anyone in. But um, even if that meant maybe ending one of those Chelsea loanees, yeah, both of them early, um, because uh, and on that note, because what was it, Vale? Was it Vale? Vale came, came on? on. Yeah, he looked shocking. I was very I saw... unimpressed. I know, like I saw... he hasn't played a lot of football for yeah. us. Yeah, like you know, he was. You got to seize your chances, was... I suppose. Yeah, I th- it just feels like. You know, it's a player that we, we seem kind of excited for, you know, highly rated Chelsea prospect and finally gets a chance and looked out of touch, looked uncomfortable, looked, you know, off pace, just really didn't look to do anything significant, uh, which was really disappointing. Yeah, you consider that he's coming on against 10 men as well. It's not as if mm. he's coming on against a side that's beating us 3-0 and has their yeah. foot to the throat. This is a team where... If you're going to come on in a championship game and, and have a chance to make an impact, this is the sort of context or, or game state where you expect them to have the biggest chance to do that when they've got that opportunity to perform. Um, I did have, it was interesting. I, I was having a discussion with someone the other day about the fact that we used to get a whole bunch of loanees in from United and Arsenal, like you think, mm. like your James Chester, Robbie Brady, yeah. got those guys. Um, and they did really perform and it worked really well. And I almost wonder if, because back then, we were playing them week in, week out, it actually helped their development a bit more. And so now we're seeing these guys come in only once every so often and it's it's not giving them the right sort of yeah. opportunity to to perform and develop. But look, at the same time, they need to earn that spot in the side. And if they're not performing and if they're not taking, making the most of their opportunities when they get it, um, I think, I mean, Rosinia sort of alluded to having conversations with Chelsea at the start of January about their futures, I think. I think both Simmons and um, Vale will be going. I think, you know, you're looking at like Scott, I think, has been told to find a new home, Williams. Um, I think I even saw rumours about Fleming, which would be um, a bit crazy. But look, if he if they not don't see him as potentially having a future. Elder, I think, is another one I'm hearing, you know, has been if we're getting a decent offer, he'll probably be going. I, I sort of wonder a bit if we're, we're seizing on Greaves' great format left back a bit mm. too much and saying, well, sweet, we'll just get rid of the other left backs who aren't good enough. Uh, and then Greaves could, you know, have a horror month of games at left back and we go, oh, geez, we actually do need a left back. But Or get injured. Look, or get injured, yeah. <laughs> um, but look, you know, like as you said, I know Smith up top probably on his way out as well, even though he, he looked okay against Watford. There's a lot of players that could be shifted. Um, Doherty, I think, was getting interest from West Brom as well. There are a lot of players who could get shifted to, um, to then, you know, you, you shift six or seven out, you bring in two or three great players mm. maybe it tightens up the squad a bit more but i mean look talking about the squad um lineup um just popping back to that for a second bit of an interesting one um we saw i think christy lining up at center back mm. so we had a fullback at center back and a center back at fullback with Greaves at left back we had slater at center mid playing on the wing um you sort of you know you trust in rosie and you sort of think yeah look he must be assessing the squad and this is the lineup he sees as being the best fit but it does sort of underline just how sort of, I guess, uneven or lopsided the squad is at the moment. Yeah, look, it's it's very interesting because especially like because later in the games, he's then bringing on, you know, players 
into their natural, like, you know, he brings on Cynic into a wide, into a wing position and he brings on, like, in, these players into the position that actually fit for and it sort of begs the question, why aren't they just starting in their position? Because I yeah. feel like as as industrious as Slater is and as good as he is, surely a winger's better on the wing than Slater is. Um, but, you know, again, I guess one of those, I'm not there at training every day, I don't see what Rosine is seeing, but um, I don't know. It just sort of feels like that's just surely you play your best player in their best position if possible. But yeah, I mean, we're 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 collecting some points, you know. As as so, that's I guess that's some sort of vindication for Rosie's choices, but. Um, and then, and then I guess just a shout out as well for Tufan coming off the bench and uh, thought it was a pretty smart finish for the goal as well. He's been talked up by Rosie a bit. I mean, look, you're talking about outgoings. He's another one that's there's sort of a bit of paper talk about him potentially leaving in January, but he's doing the job when required. I mean, you can make the case, I think Rosie did in the post game that he, he gives the ball away a bit easily for their counter that led to their goal, um, which is probably his biggest flaw at the moment. He's a bit soft on the ball. Um, but you know, he's, I think that's his fourth goal for the season or something like that, which is actually a pretty decent return. Um, he, he's one of those ones that maybe his best role is off the bench where he doesn't necessarily have that fitness or the pace to, to be there from the start, but he can finish games quite strongly. Yeah. Look, I think, um, the other thing was that he, after the game, Rosinha basically said two fan comes into his thinking heavily for, for starting Mm. the next match. So um, but yeah, look, desired impact. I thought he, as I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Pelkes's injury, he's has the ability to unlock defenses, but he's not as mobile and doesn't sort of get around as much. And I think that's sort of a bit of a of a detriment in his game. But I think you saw like he does when he gets in and around the box, he is he's dangerous and he can um can can create can can score a goal so i think yeah an important um <clears throat> contribution from him but i think yeah as you say like it'll be a little bit stronger on the ball um and you know a little bit more protective of possession maybe and he'll would become like a i think it could become a real asset for us over the next month six months whatever i think i think he's one who should stay um, yeah. Because I don't like I, he's been he's been had some moments of poor form, but I think overall he's been pretty solid, really, and with some really timely, important goals. Um, th- you know, four four goals from however many games, however many starts for a midfield. It's not not terrible. He's probably he's probably our third best scorer or something now. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. I mean, I, he got my three votes for the game. Uh, for this one, um, I gave the two votes to Woods, who I thought uh, at 11 v 11 was probably having a typical sort of Woods game. It's sort of that six or seven out of 10 that you get from him most weeks where he's nothing spectacular, but he just sort of does his job next to Seri in midfield. I thought he did step up an element after that red card, which was, of course, a foul on him, um, which I think you know, maybe we should touch on that just after I do my votes. Um, but I think... Um, he, he, uh, yeah, look, I mean, obviously he put the ball in for two fans goal. Uh, he seemed to put himself about quite well. Um, so seemed to be 
uh, one of our better players, especially at that 11 v 10. Um, and I went coil for the one vote. I thought at, at right back, he was doing quite well. I, I think that was one that people sort of questioned why he was taken off when he seems to be one of our more attacking players. But I don't know if it's a fitness thing or, or something like that, but um, I thought he was quite impressive as well. Um, I guess I'll get your votes first and then maybe we just touch on that red card before we move on. Yeah, sure. Um, I agree. I went two fan for three um, because essentially saved us the point um, with that. I think, you know, he came on and he wasn't afraid to try and move the ball forward. Um, you know, tried to create some pressure and tried to do, do some stuff around the box, which was nice. Um, I actually went two points to coil. Um, I thought, you know, busy, uh, typically busy coil performance, but some really good quality crosses into the box and into the area. For some reason, nobody, either attacking or defending, could get anything on any crosses into the box against in that game. It was the weirdest. I've never seen so many balls go through the box and not hit anyone and come out the other side. Um, but balls in really dangerous areas, really good areas, um, that which Oscar should be putting them away. Um, yeah, there was. I, watched, I was watching some of the highlights before, and there was one where he was too busy wrestling with the yeah. defender in front of him instead of trying to push past him and get the head on. Um, there was one that flicked past, and the keeper had to. I think it was from Seri, um, but the keep flicked past the keeper had to um, get a hand to it and pat it away. And I thought this that was seemed like the sort of one where Oscar would have been waiting to to pounce, but you know um wasn't but and i actually gave one point to sari for actually pretty much the same reason really good some really nice quality balls into the box that one that i just touched on and a few others um and again like just he seems way more tenacious um i guess under rosinha than he did under our previous managers um he seems willing to like really fight tooth and nail to keep a hold of that ball and keep possession uh, much more than than he was earlier in the season. But I think it's, there's been a couple of comments about that where they basically have said, like, Shotter was nice, but we didn't really know exactly what he wanted. Whereas Rosie yeah. is super clear and just saying, like, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. And um, I think the, the players are starting to respond to that, um, to, to that level of instruction. So uh, three, two, one, yeah, two fan coil Seri for me. Yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, I guess on, on the red card, just quickly before we move on, um, and actually before we move on as well, I'll do a little update because uh, we, we're now at the halfway point of the season. I'll give our um, top five for our, our votes at this point of the season. But on the red card, first of all, I mean, it's a pretty pretty rare sight that you see someone going off on a stretcher being um, handed a, a red card as, as sort of thanks for their efforts. But it reminded me a little bit of Oscar's red card a few weeks before. Obviously, Oscar's made made contact with the guy's head, but this is this is a, it's almost more vicious, but to a less dangerous part of the body, if that makes mm. sense. Where it's it's a more like considered and deliberate. Um, look, at, it was weird in live play. It like and at first glance, it looked like they both just challenged, and you know, I was like, oh, that's a 50-50 bad collision. Um, sort of either way, but upon when you look at the replay and he's got his studs raised up and go like, you know, it is it's it's dangerous, it's reckless, it's pretty much fits all the bill for um, for being a red card, and it's just unfortunate, I think, for uh, was it em- uh, Embleton? Yeah, 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 Embleton that um <clears throat> that he ended up coming off second best, and I hope he's okay. Like I hope that 
yeah, in the the wash that he's that he's okay and there's nothing serious about that but his injury but um yeah it is it's certainly rare to see um that you know a player get a get a red card as it getting stretched off the field i did notice that um sunderland tried to initiate a sub as quick as they could to try and <laughs> they stay seriously as soon as he was down on the ground they were like yeah. shit that didn't look good and they were just like they called for a sub straight away they were like we're yeah. gonna try and get him off before the the ref can do anything um yeah but oh, he may as well try i suppose look if you can get away with it but uh yeah look he um i mean in my eyes it was red i've seen plenty of comments of people saying it wasn't and it was this or that or whatever but i think um if you if you jump like two players jump one tries to head it and one tries to kick it yeah like what do you yeah. it's not really a lot of argument yeah and you start and you start a guy in the chest or whatever basically so no, that's right. Uh, well, look, uh, perhaps I don't, I don't know if it's as, a, as an indictment or um, just a compliment to the player himself, but um, I'll, I'll do my five, uh, the top five players that we've got in our votes at the moment. Coming in at fifth on 19 votes is Dimi Pelkis. Like, that surprises me a little bit. I thought he'd only started a handful of games. Mm. Um, I suppose he scored, what, two goals? And, and I mean, I guess he's probably looked sharp off the bench, but uh, that one surprised me. I mean, he's only one vote ahead of Coyle, who's got 18. So that, um, you know, he, he's not that far ahead in fifth, but still. Uh, we've got Seri in fourth, which is a bit of a jump. He's on uh, 25 votes as it stands, um, which is probably a compliment to his, I guess he started the season, the first few games, and then obviously the last five or six weeks, as you were saying, uh, he's um, really stepped up um, stopped, stepped up a notch. Um, Actually, equal with votes on him, with, with him, uh, so equal in third, I suppose. Uh, we've got Oscar also on 25 uh, points, no doubt, uh, mostly accumulated at the start of the season when he was banging the goals in. Um, we've got Slater in second on 28, um, which I guess is probably just a comment on the fact he's had a pretty consistent season and seems one of those sorts who'll um, pick up votes if, um, if there isn't really anyone else standing out. And then all the way ahead on 39 uh, votes, we've got Greaves. Um, which, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, uh, again, probably makes sense. I mean, I guess my surprise comes from the fact that we've conceded so many goals this season, and so to have a defender leading mm. the way is somewhat of a surprise. But I guess at the same time, he's contributing a lot offensively this season. Um, when we are keeping clean sheets or when we are doing well, he's definitely at the heart of it. So, um, yeah, it's the top five. Do any of those surprise you? Um, look, Greaves being so far ahead does because I don't even remember the last time we voted for him. But I assume, I like, and that's not supposed to say that he's been playing poorly. But I can only imagine that he, I reckon, he picked up quite a few points around the shift to left back when yeah. we were also surprised with how well he was doing in in an unfamiliar position or whatever. And so we were like, here, have lots, have a vote, have votes, have votes. But, um. Yeah, look, I actually, when you were saying this one surprised me, I thought you were going to say like Longman or something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that would have surprised me. But not that he's been poor, but he's sort of been Ryan Longman, not sensational, not terrible. Would it surprise you that Smith has more votes than Longman? I mean, Smith has six and Longman has five, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, surprise. Um, anyway, look, we'll move on. Um, I look, you know, just let's touch really briefly on it because we're heading into the January window when the next episode goes to air. Uh, transfer news been linked to a centre back from Hibbs, who seems pretty highly rated, sought after by a few clubs. Uh, Ryan Porteous, uh, Porteous. Uh, we've also got Malcolm Ebioi, 
who's at Crystal Palace, I think formerly of Derby and worked with Rosenia there. So it seems as if we're the front runners to get him, you know, sort of tricky, pacey winger does seem the sort that we'll need, especially with guys like Ali and uh, Cynic not coming on as well, but Ali out injured um, for the time being. Seems the sort of players we should be targeting. Any any Anything in particular that you think we need to look at in January? To be honest, I don't know. Not really. I mean, I'd say it just has to be in the forward area, really. I wouldn't mind... You know, I, I feel like the Porteous one is unlikely because it feels like the what most of the reports I've read is that we're not going to offer a lot of money. Um, mm. But, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind a decent centre-back, but I feel like if one if someone like that came in, that would be basically being able to say, like, Figueredo, you can go. I mm. feel like that would be the situation. It would be one in, one out, potentially in that area, but getting or- securing a position, securing a player first. Yeah, or or if we got a big money offer for Graves, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, in terms of the um, Ebi Aoi, um, yeah, like I think just some more options up front. I think, yes, we've got Tete Ali to come back, and that's good. Traore as well, and, and Salah, you know, if we keep him. Well, Traore <laughs> isn't, is Traore, I thought it was a defensive mid, is he an attacking mid? I thought he was more. He's more like um, or more like a like a box to box. Yeah, yeah, like a sort of dockety role, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. I think like that gives plenty of options in in that midfield three. But I think like you could, cynic, Longman, Oscar, two fan. <laughs> Smith, yeah, he's been better lately, but again, would I keep him if there were better options there? Tete and Ali come back. You've got a decent, like, decent spread there. And yeah, I don't know. I a young winger or something who has something to prove, who would come in and show no fear, um, or would be real good. And I think, like, if you had Tete and Oscar, then you've got two solid, experienced, you know, forwards who can play either in there or, you know, Tete was playing as a winger matching, uh, like linking up with Oscar. But um, I think you get a fair bit of versatility there. I don't really, we've got, we've got a decently sized midfield sort of squad. Um, the the back line's okay, I guess, while everyone's fit. Um, but even if like, I think you, you've got cover there. Like I think we mm. talked about with, for the first time, we've almost got cover across the whole back line, even with Jones out illness or I think it was so yeah yeah like so much cover you don't even need to bring in a center back to cover him <laughs> um <clears throat> but like I don't know yeah I think that that'd be my main I think just like I think really we just need to find a way to unlock the uh, attacking threats I think like probably something to replace Pelkis because I yeah. tried to do the maths and I was three months. That takes us, takes him to like mid March. He's back potentially back from injury or something. And that leaves you him a month like, or something yeah. of games, which is four, six, something like that. Maybe um, unless we have a miraculous cup run and that pushes some fixtures back or something. But um, yeah, look, I, I think it, I think it'll depend on, who we can get rid of. And I think as we sort of touched on before, if we can flick those two Chelsea loanies back and they 
I mean, they'll be fine. They just they need to go somewhere where they're getting more game time, and I think like probably League One or something is yeah. going to suit them more. Um, and like people want to say that League One's so much worse than the Championship, and you go, well, Sunderland came up from League One and they're, they're flying crazy. high. Yeah. Um, you know, we're the only team who seems to come up and do shit. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but. Um, yeah, get rid of those. The couple that have already been told they can t- seek other offers. Obviously, Cannon's already gone, been released and gone. So, um, just just see what happens. But a couple in, a couple out would be pretty good. Or I guess it'd be a few out and a couple in. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. I think the window opens start of January, so uh, we won't be recording an episode next week due to the festive break. But we'll be back early in January and. Um, uh, we'll start to get some more concrete news then. Um, we'll do the previews for the final three games of the year, but first we'll do a round of Who Am I? Now, this one is a lot easier than last week, Dan. Are you up for a round of Who Am yes, I? Yes, I'm yeah. ready. Um, should be able to get it off the first clue, I reckon, but we'll see how you go. Um, oh, you set me up for, for embarrassment <laughs> now. Certainly off the second clue, I would hope, um, but we'll see. Um, I made... 124 league appearances for City, and I scored 52 goals. This, I don't know if this is like as obvious as it feels like it. <laughs> 50. Sure, it, it's not Jared Bowen. It is Jared Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I find one where you can get it off the number of goals scored? Um, yeah, joined City in 2014, left in 2020, played on the wing or up top or the number 20. I am Jared Bowen. Uh, well done. Yeah, I thought after last week I'd give you a, a softball. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think that's three that I've got on the first clue. Yeah, that's true, actually. You've done you've done all right for a few. Did you get Elmo as well, was it? Uh, off the appearances? Yeah, or? possibly. And then someone else as well. Yeah, yeah. No, nice one. I was like, it's 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 gettable. I can't think of too many. I mean, Windass is probably the only other one in the last fifteen years who's got over fifty goals for us. So yeah, well, I, how many? I would have thought like, because Hernandez, but he's only like, oh, thirty yeah. or forty or something, or is he thirty-five or forty or something? Yeah, yeah, because I was like, because he had that, he had the twenty-two goal or whatever it was yeah. championship season for us or whatever, and then the still banged like, a bunch the half season after. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. That's so. true, actually, because he got the twenty-two or whatever in the championship. He got maybe ten in the Premier League across the yeah. two stints, and then I don't know, yeah, like another ten in yeah, the championship. Yeah, that, that injured championship season where he's out for like half it or something and came back, and then he comes then back he and then just yeah, yeah, it was just like bang, 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 and we're like, yeah, right, he's back, and then we sold him. Or yeah, last yeah. Or well, yeah, we were. All, I think we we're always going to release him, and then the club comes out and is like, we've. Um, the club, the club come out and they're like, "Oh, we um, that's all right." Sorry, uh, I just, I was just was like, like recharge headset, and I was like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, it was yeah. We're all, I think we're always gonna release him, and then the club comes out and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've offered him a new deal," and everyone goes, "Oh," but it's like they probably offered him like two thousand a week yeah. or something just to offer it. Um, anyway, yeah, Jared Bowen was the answer, and it, I think it was his birthday the other day, so I thought I'd uh, chuck him in there. Um. Cool. Okay. Well, we've got the three games. We've got Blackpool coming up this weekend. I think we've then got Birmingham. Oh, sorry. We've got Blackpool on Boxing Day. Um, we've then got Birmingham and Wigan before the turn of the year. I mean, Birmingham may be a bit deceptive. I mean, they're sitting in eighth on the table now and they've, they've actually hit some pretty decent form. 
uh, and beat us earlier in the season, I do believe. Um, but as a collective, as three games, it does look quite an inviting set of run of fixtures, really. I mean, we've, we sort of talked last week that obviously if we've got the three points against Sunderland, it puts us in a great spot heading into these games and gives us a really big opportunity to, to surge up the table. But even coming off a draw, um, you look at Blackpool and Wigan sitting in the two spots behind us on the table, you win two of these. And I would think you're jumping up, I don't know, five, six places in the table. I think Birmingham were like 13th or something in the table. They beat Reading and all of a sudden they were eighth. So it's still a really congested table. Like we're only eight points off the playoffs, um, all being said. So when you look at these three games as a collective, what, how, like, what's the, the points total you're looking at? What sort of optimism do you feel or how do you feel heading into them? Um, I, look, I think... <laughs> You know, yes, there were two draws um, over the last two games, but I think, you know, I, there's been a, a nice, like, defensive solidarity without potentially, you know, not a lot of bite up front. But I think, you know, one of those games we didn't have Oscar, then we did. But as you say, he hasn't played in played in quite a while. Um, so that game's probably will, will have been good for him, um, you know some players again opportunities to prove themselves over the coming coming games but i reckon um oh, three games thick and fast before the new year should be good um i reckon like i'd be aiming it's at least I, I think six points is pretty much a minimum from these yeah or like i don't know six points would be good i reckon like five points is probably a minimum you know mm. I, I can't i can't see us we, we cannot really like like if you had to draw like you know, if you're if gonna you lose, points, you lose you to Birmingham. Go, yeah, if you drop points, so you have to win the other two. It's sort of one of those, or, yeah. you, or you've got to be picking up points in every game. So I think, like, as an absolute minimum, is five. Yeah. Um, three's unacceptable. Um, nine is obviously sensational. Six is probably about where I expect us to go. Seven would be um, real. I'd be pretty. I'd be very pleased with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of a seven. spread. It's a weird one, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, it's weird when you sort of think, think of the difference. Six, six is probably what I target really off the off the three, yeah. um, but it'd be better to take points from all three games if possible. And it's almost—I mean, that's obviously very early to start thinking about relegation battles and taking points off, you know, six pointers that sort of thing. Obviously, when you're talking six points, you know, if you're going to beat Blackpool and Wigan and lose to Birmingham, that's probably the way you'd want to do it. You pull away from the bottom three. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think seven or nine would be like fantastic to me. Uh, just going undefeated in these and picking up two wins would be great. Three wins would be sensational. I think three wins would almost, uh, you know, without looking too close at the table, I'd say you're almost looking at jumping into the top half or on the mm. cusp of the top half if you're getting three wins from three. Um, I think heading into January in some good form is really important as well, just so that we have... Ah, well, look, I don't know. Like, you don't want to be in deceptive form where you sort of sit there and go, oh, like, we're fine. Like, we don't have to add that much in January. Um, but at the same time, I'd hate to go in with, like, you know, zero points from the three games and panicking and doing some crazy things in January that we don't need to. Um, yeah, I think I think six or seven points is sort of a happy medium that if we can target that would be good. Um, in terms of the lineup or in terms of how the side's looking, I guess the only real flex that we could make or i mean that's probably two is you you're sort of looking at ingram and baxter in goal um ingram arguably at fault for the sunderland goal just in terms of his positioning 
maybe as well uh, whether you sort of look to start Tufan over a Slater or something like that. Um, probably the main positions to look at. I, I don't know. What, how are you seeing the lineup? Um, I, to be honest, would probably i probably keep it reasonably stable. I think it would yep. be really good to see like Cynic or someone start, someone who actually like has that trickery and stuff who can go at defences early instead of waiting until like the last half an hour of a game to try and like snag a look. Can we, let's play on the front foot. Let's score an early goal and then, you know, control the game after that instead of, you know, controlling and then conceding and then trying to, trying to claw, claw back points. I think it'd be real good to, to go out, even if that meant, you know, you start all your attacking players at the, you know, from the, from the, from the outset and you go, we're just going to go, we're going to go hard in the first 30, 40 minutes. We're going to score a goal or we're not. And, you know, worst case, worst case, you don't, you like, you go at them. You don't, I mean, worst, I guess worst case is you still concede and you lose because then all your attacking players are tired. But like, realistically, you don't score, you get into the second half and you have to bring on more conservative players and you just play for a nil-all draw if you don't score. But I feel like we play real... The, the way we play, we're better off having goals, you know, on the like points on the goals on, on the scoreboards as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, because I, I wonder what the stats are like for goal, when we games we've scored first and, like, gone on to win and all those sorts of, like you know, points lost from winning positions and points won from winning positions and stuff. I actually but, almost wonder if we've got more points from losing positions. I'm just thinking, like, obviously, like, the Bristol City game, hmm. Burnley, obviously Cardiff as well. But then there's also been games like the Reading game where we've been in front and then lost. So, yeah, it, it would be interesting to see the stats. Um, but I don't know. I just... Probably, yeah. I think, I think bring on, like, I'd, I'd like to see like Cynic or someone start just who has just, yeah a little bit of something, some pace, some trickery that could really like damage and, you know, keep an opposition on the back foot a little bit, you know, yes. as good as, you know, Slater and Longman are, um, I think you really need, you, you need a dynamic weapon to, to keep, that defense guessing to stop them from pushing too high, to stop them from taking any real risks, um, you know, risk in leaving space. And I think, unfortunately, Longman and Slater don't really offer that, the threat to expose that. Pelkas, you know, um, did, um, but obviously he's not there. Um, he was really, he was actually getting quite getting good at finding those pockets and exploiting those those holes in those spaces. So I think someone who can do that be really good whether that's two fan in that like you know the ball playing it into those those pockets but i think someone who can really exploit those and cynic seems to get himself into some nice pockets out wide and get in behind defenses and want to whip balls in and stuff so i think he'd be a nice one i'd like to see um start at least one or two of these games maybe like the first and the third one or something yeah, um, and and then I guess it's interesting. I mean, I, I saw the club tweeted out that Tete and Ali are back, presumably in full training now. Um, hopefully that means that they're only a couple of weeks off. Um, so, yeah, maybe if we see Cynic in these couple of games and and you know, obviously hopefully he scores a couple of goals and gets some confidence and, and goes on a run. But if not, um, we've got Ali and, and Tete coming back soon. And, I mean, as you alluded to earlier, 
we're a whole we're, we're basically a whole different side when you've got those guys up front like it changes the dynamics so much um tete and and oscar obviously were linking up so well at the start of the season i don't think it's a coincidence that basically since tete's been injured is our complete drop off in form um so uh, it'll be great to have him back after uh after the christmas period i suppose but uh look it's um it's going to be games coming thick and fast, opportunities for points um, all over the place. So hopefully we can um, pick up a couple of wins. Yeah, not only opportunities for points, but opportunities for players to to, right. to, to, to make those claims. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's it's going to be an exciting, exciting week um, in football in the championship and everywhere. But be good, uh, good times. Yeah, we'll see how we go. But look, thank you for joining me for this one, Dan. That's all right. No problem. And uh, have a very Merry Christmas and a, and a safe New Year as well. Yeah, you too. And uh, same to all our listeners as well. A Merry Christmas from us uh, down here in Australia. Here's to nine points from nine against uh, Blackpool, Birmingham and Wigan for City. And we'll be back in the New Year to discuss all three games and look ahead to, uh, I think we've got the FA Cup just after that against Fulham, which will be exciting as well. Um, but until next time, Come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning